In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Six, four, Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Short, brought to you today by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation, as we are about 24 hours removed from one of the biggest trades that I can remember seeing in my Braves lifetime, as we're about... Now that it's I've sat in overnight, um, I'm ready to dig in a little bit more on the Matt Olson trade, which also signifies the end of the Freddie Freeman era in Atlanta. And with Alex not waiting on his laurels, we have some more breaking news as the Atlanta Braves have agreed to an extension with Matt Olson for eight years, $168 million, $1.68 million of that going to the Atlanta Braves Foundation. Uh, this is this now makes this move a, a perfect move. Uh, it still hurts to lose Freddie. I'm still, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still sad that Freddie's not going to be wearing a Braves uniform anymore. I really, really wasn't looking to upgrade from Freddie. Uh, I, I understand the business of, it's all about having the best players on your team, but Man, I, I really just didn't want to lose Freddie. Um, but this situation, what we have now, signing Matt Olson to an eight-year extension, this is an unequivocally better move. This is an unequivocal upgrade. Um, Freddie might be a little bit more consistent. Matt Olson has been the more valuable player going back to 2017. Uh, and going forward, certainly Matt Olson looks like he will be, like he's certainly the better buy, especially long-term. It's a never top at more than $22 million per season. Uh, th- this is an this is a slam dunk of a sign. Um, Matt Olson is a guy that is going to absolutely crush in the NL East, particularly in Truist. He is going to have an entire section of the wall at the Chop House just painted with baseballs that he's crushed. Um, big big time power. I actually I fully expect to see forty to forty five home runs out of him. That's the type of power you're talking about here and getting out of the Coliseum. Uh, I don't think. I don't think it's going to matter getting him out of the Coliseum. His type of power, it doesn't matter what field he's in. His type of power plays anywhere. Uh, it's kind of similar to Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler hit nearly 50 homers in Kansas City. Um, so it doesn't really matter where where these guys go. Guys with that type of power are going to mash wherever. Um, but it is going to help getting to a, a more hitter-friendly park and it, it, it's just going to help matters. Now, granted, the pitching in the NL East is a lot more tough a lot tougher than the pitching in the AL West. Um, but I don't, I don't really fear 
Matt Olson last year did really, really well. If he comes, if he, if he just replicates what he did a season ago and he replicates that for eight years, then you're going to be talking about Matt Olson being the best first baseman in the history of the Atlanta Braves. And yes, I know I'm saying that after just losing Freddie Freeman. I know I'm saying that after having quite a few really good first basemen throughout our time here for the, for the Braves, but Matt Olson's that level of talent. So home, homegrown kid out of Parkview high school. Uh, I think we can comfortably say is the best professional athlete to come from Parkview. Um, just a, a great all-around player, four and a half-ish years younger than Freddie. So you're feeling very, very good about the long-term deal. He's going to slot into that lineup spot. He's going to be your main power guy for years and years to come. And it leaves you with money to still attack free agency this year or maybe to explore extensions with maybe Austin Riley or Max Freed, who are the next two that need to be signed. Uh, just a, Just an all-around great signing. And not very often that you can lose uh, a Hall of Fame first baseman and potentially trade for another one. Uh, and, and this extension, the eight-year extension here, that makes what you gave up uh, a no-brainer. Uh, and, and you guys know I absolutely love Christian Pache. Uh, I love Shea Langelier's defense. I'm still not sure what he is offensively, but I, I, I adore Christian Pache. Uh, I think that he is just a phenomenal young man. Uh, I think he is an outstanding player. I think he's got outstanding potential. He's got to learn to hit consistently. Um, but Christian Pache is the type of player that I don't ever doubt. Uh, the type of, of the the humble attitude that he brings to it and, and really the the work ethic. If you listen to anybody around the Braves, uh, when, when Pache was still here, they would tell you that he worked harder than anybody. Um, I, I don't doubt guys like that. I don't doubt the, those types of players on reaching their potential. Now, I don't know if he's going to be a megastar like like he had the potential to be, um, but even if he's just an, an average offensive player, slightly below average offensive player even, uh, with his level of defense, that that's a fantastic addition for Oakland. Uh, they can move on from Ramon Laureano and upgrade defensively, and Pache is big enough to have 15 to 20 homer upside just from pulling the ball. If he can actually, if, if, if he can consistently make some gains as far as um, – strike zone coverage and, and pitch recognition, then Oakland's going to get a great player there. Same with Shane Langoliers. Ryan Cusick is one that I liked Ryan Cusick. Um, I'm not sure. It's still a little early to tell what he's going to be though. Uh, he dominated, uh, dominated low a and high and uh, his minor league assignments coming out, but that's not uncommon for a guy, particularly a college arm, but a guy that can throw one Oh two typically at lower levels, supreme velocity is going to play. You don't really have to show your off-speed stuff that you're going to have to have to succeed at the at the higher-end levels. Oakland is a really good place for pitchers to go, so I'm not going to doubt Ryan Cusick. I hope the best for him. I liked him a lot. thought that was a good pick. Um, but this is more about the Braves right now. And as they're constructed, now that you've figured out first base and you figured it out for a long time to come, that is not a worry on anybody's mind. When Alex said yesterday that the payroll is going up, that could mean that the Braves are still players for some key free agents. And one of those that hasn't really been mentioned very often, only to say that he was looking for a $100 million contract, is Trevor Story. Now, you might be saying, well, we already have Dansby Swanson. What are we going to do with Trevor Story? This goes back to the having a gigantic hole in center field. There aren't really any true center fielders available on the free agent market who are actual starting caliber center fielders and there's really not that many available through trade you've got brian reynolds who would be the piece de resistance he would be brian reynolds would be as good a move as good an addition as matt olson if not better brian reynolds is the absolute perfect fit for this ball club but what freddie or, or what alex gave up to get matt olson 
that was a gigantic package for Alex. That's the, the, the highest package he's ever given in his tenure with the Braves and probably the highest package he's ever given up, period. He gave up uh, two top fives, depending on, you know, a lot of people will have Michael Harris above Christian Pache. I've told you guys before, uh, I need to see Michael Harris put those tools together at higher levels before I'm ready to crown him better than Drew Waters and Christian Pache. I think a lot of that is prospect fatigue with those two, but there's no doubt that Michael Harris is a supreme prospect in his own right. He's going to be flying up top 100 lists if he even has, if he even just replicates the season he had a year ago. There's a lot to like about with Michael Harris. Um, but even so, Pache and Langoliers would both be top five, no matter how your top 30 cranked out. Uh, and then you're talking about Cusick, which would have been another top 10. And then you talked about Joey Estes, who, according to MLB Pipeline, was 14th, and who the guys at Prospects Live liked considerably more than that. Uh, that That's a whale of a package. I mean, to give up four guys in the top 15, is that's a big prospect package. Now, that does take away from what you'd be able to trade to get Brian Reynolds, uh, although it does help that you didn't give up any of the uh, any of the pitchers aside from Estes, who's still a few years away, and Cusick, who was still probably a couple couple years away at least, but who hadn't really gotten underway. You still haven't. You still have all of your Kyle Muller, Tuki Toussaint, Kyle Wright, uh, Tucker Davidson, Waskar Noah, who I I definitely don't want to see go. Uh, but th- those types of those types of arms that could be available. Pittsburgh obviously is going to be looking to grab multiple really talented pieces to accelerate a rebuild. So if you are if you are going to trade for Reynolds, I don't know that Alex would actually want to give up two gigantic prospect packages, particularly when the farm system for the Braves is is very low rated. And after yesterday's deal, we're probably would probably be ranked, I would guess, anywhere from 26th to 30th, uh, 26th to 29th, I'll say, because the Phillies farm is still worse. Um, but that that's the price if you want to get a true center fielder. So you kind of have to think outside the box a little bit. And there are a few methods to this madness. They did play Adam Duvall in center field quite a bit last year um, after Ronald Acuna went down and had to mess around with it a little bit. I don't hate that idea if you can't find a better option. Um, It's kind of difficult because I really don't know, outside of Brian Reynolds, who you would target trade-wise to be a a true center fielder. Um, Maybe if you want to go outside the box, maybe you see if the Dodgers would trade Cody Bellinger and you bank on... Uh, a resurgence from Bellinger. I doubt the Dodgers would trade him, especially coming off such a bad year to two years for him. I think that his value is at his absolute lowest, so I don't think the Dodgers would be would be willing to trade him at all. Um, but if you did, that would be one that you'd be banking on him having a turnaround. Um, that would be fun from name recognition. He's actually a very good defensive center fielder. Um, if if his offense came back, that'd be a home run. But I'm I'm not a. I don't think that's very likely to happen. I think I would be looking more at uh, at Tampa Bay. I'd be trying to get Austin Meadows. Meadows is a guy who who athletically is actually pretty good. He hasn't played a lot of center field in his day. Um, he's not a great left fielder. He definitely I don't think he would be a great defensive center fielder. But he is a guy that I think you could plug in there, and he wouldn't hurt you. I think he's got the athleticism needed to to be a at least an okay center fielder, at least to be around a league average center fielder. Uh, And if you're not getting Reynolds, there's not really anybody else available on the market that I'm aware of anyway, that you would be able to get 
that would be a plus defensive center fielder and be a good offensive player. So I wouldn't be shocked to see that. Maybe you see them sign more of a stopgap option, somebody that, that can just give you center field defense, um, you know, like Haradia did last year. You could probably still roll with that. Um, maybe a Kevin Pilar. Um, but those are guys that offensively are not going to be helping you much this year. I know what Haradia did for a lot of last year, but that's not something you should expect offensively this year. Um, and you do need guys on the bench. And I think Heredia and Heredia and Pilar, by the way, would be excellent bench options. You don't really have a center fielder outside of Drew Waters in the minors. I touched on that yesterday with Pache gone. This actually, this really helps Drew Waters. Uh, and just a reminder to those of you that didn't hear my second episode where I did Drew Waters on a prospect, uh, prospect breakdown, you would be a fool to count out Drew Waters right now. Uh, I know his numbers last year were a little bit underwhelming to a lot of people, but you got to dig a little bit deeper. Drew is a guy, and I'm just going to point this out quickly before we continue moving on with the major leagues here. Drew is a a basically a true left-handed hitter who who is a switch hitter, but his his right side has been drastically worse than his left side over the course of his career, except for last season, where 2018 as a lefty he went 314, 365, 23 with an 883 OPS. 2019 he went 325, 380, 486 with an 866 OPS, and then last year struggled to the tune of a 226, 315, 363 with a 678 OPS left-handed. That's not replicating. Uh, right-handed, conversely, he started out in 2018, and I'm only using his full season numbers here. Uh, went 240, 300, 357 with a 657 OPS. 2019, 258, 293 with a uh, 371 with a 664 OPS. And then last year skyrocketed to 271, 360, which is vastly important there, 421 with a 781 OPS. If that's what he is right-handed from now on, and his left-handed hitting just goes back to his his normal, his average, then you're talking about a vastly different Drew Waters. You're talking about a Drew Waters that fits in center field for a long time to come as well. A guy who can be very, very versatile, uh, especially with his aggressive type of play style. So I'm not going to count him out. So the idea of having a stopgap in center field, that's not something that I'm, I'm opposed to. And I think one of the ways they could do that, if you don't get an Austin Meadows, so I think you could, yeah, I think you could suffer with some subpar defense in the outfield uh, for the trade-off of that type of power that you're going to have in this lineup. Um, but if you want something kind of outside the box, with the Braves still having a lot of money, since paying Olsen 14 or $15 million, that's a net 14 to $15 million savings from what you probably would have been paying Freddie this year. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. You can go out and you can add another big name free agent. I mentioned Trevor Story. Now, Trevor Story is an interesting case. In 2019, he was the best defensive shortstop, uh, according to outs above average on StatCast, by a wide margin. He was 99th percentile. Last year, he rated out very badly. Now, he had some issues with throws and things like that. It's one of the reasons I don't use OAA for infielders. I don't, I don't, I don't love using that. 
most of the time defense is so fluid that it's hard to really judge that on a consistent basis, uh, especially taking one season by itself and really using that doesn't really work defensively unless you're talking about like Angleton Simmons, for example. Um, but there was the thought that if Trevor Story had gotten traded from the Rockies last year, he would go to somewhere and be a center fielder. Well, if the Braves were to add Story, I wouldn't see Story moving to center field. I think Dansby Swanson would be a prime candidate to play center field. Now, I know he played well or decently well defensively last year, probably his best season defensively. But I do think that Dansby is the type of athlete that would be able to play center field very well. I think Dansby is a better athlete than Trevor Story. Uh, and I think they're close enough defensively at shortstop where I think Trevor, I would still give Trevor the advantage defensively over Dansby, but maybe not as wide of a margin as I would have said a few years ago. Um, but I think, I think either one really could handle center field, but I think Dansby just kind of has that, that look to me of somebody that could handle center field very, very well. Uh, I think that he, he, his first step at shortstop is something that's really good. Um, that's a, a real big plus in this scenario. He's got good defensive instincts. Uh, I think I think center field would take pressure off of his bat as well. Uh, he popped out 27 homers a season ago, and if he had if he just replicated the exact stat line last year and did it in center field, you'd be talking about. Uh, I, I think he'd actually probably be rated higher center field wise than as a shortstop with the glut of offensive shortstops in this league. I know there's a lot of people who worry about Trevor Story splits home and away. We don't just talk about the Coors effect. The Coors effect doesn't just affect pitchers; it affects batters as well. And I've discussed this numerous times uh, on my old podcast, The Platinum Sombrero. Um, But whenever you're talking about the Coors effect, what you're really saying is those hitters aren't seeing curveballs. And for 81 games, you're not seeing curveballs. You'll see sliders and you'll see fastballs, and that'll be about it. A lot of sinkers, but not a lot of of vertical drop pitches because the air is thinner and the ball's not going to drop as much. So when they go away and they go to Arizona or L.A. or San Diego, they get pounded with, with breaking balls that they're not seeing at home, and it kind of affects them. It took Nolan Arenado a second to get adjusted outside of Coors, but he started to adjust very well. DJ LeMahieu is another example of what can happen when a guy is no longer playing in Coors period. They have a little bit of an adjustment period, and then they go right back to being what they were. So I'm not worried about Trevor's story offensively. I think that Trevor is a fantastic offensive player. Uh, I don't know exactly what you'd have to give him contract-wise to get that. I don't think that Alex would want to give him anything like a 10-year, 10, 10 $100 million contract. Uh, I think you've got enough. I, I think Vaughn Grissom is a is an exciting enough player. Now that this is by the way, this is a completely stupid thing that I'm about to tell you, uh, where Vaughn Grissom is so low down in the minors right now that if you were to say that you couldn't sign Trevor Story, one of the most exciting shortstops in baseball, to a long term deal because you might on the off chance might block Vaughn Grissom, that's a completely stupid sentiment. Um, but it is kind of what I feel. I, I fully believe in Vaughn Grissom. Uh, Trevor Story at 29, I don't think he'd be getting a really, really long-term deal. That might be something where maybe Alex works some some magic and gets something like a, a five-year deal, something like that. Maybe maybe even you sign Trevor to a one- or a two-year deal to let him kind of reset his market in a year or two. I don't know of anybody that's going to give him just a gigantic deal right now. Nobody's bit on the $100 million offer. Uh, even the Yankees, who are extremely shortstop needy, uh, now that they've traded Gio Urshela to the Twins, who Gio Urshela, their starting third baseman in 2019, was their starting shortstop last year. Uh, that's that's how bad Glaber Torres has been. 
but I could see Story. I could see Story being a very sneaky addition for Alex Anthopoulos, and that would allow him to move Story or Dansby, either one, to center field. I don't think you'd go wrong with either. Um, like I said, I would like Austin Meadows. Really, I'd like Brian Reynolds. I just don't know that in one offseason, Alex is going to trade basically his entire top 10 of his farm system, and I still think trading Reynolds... If you're just talking player value for player value, trading Reynolds would require somebody like Ian Anderson. Um, after seeing what Alex did for Matt Olson, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I honestly think Alex might be able to to get Reynolds for less than that. I'm kind of. I think Alex has this kind of wizard voodoo when he's making trades now. But I, even then, I don't know what it would take. I think it would still be a crazy, crazy type of deal. Uh, and I don't know that's something Alex would want to do right on the heels of doing the Matt Olson thing and having to completely rebuild a farm system from scratch. Um, I mean, I, I'd be interested in doing it. If you could get that and you have Brian Reynolds under control for quite a bit of time, five years, then you're talking about uh, quite a bit of time to, to kind of try to restock. And now that you can... Uh, now that you can trade picks, that's a good idea. Um, but that would that would leave you very, very shallow. So your depth, which is important for keeping windows open, let's add, that would be a, that would be something that would hurt. Uh, the Braves still are looking for one more starting pitcher at the very least. Uh, again, I think it's probably more likely to come through trade than it is to come through uh, free agency. I don't see many top arms left. And I don't see any that you'd really want to shell out tons of money for in free agency here. Um, I'm expecting a I'm expecting a, a really good season from Oscar Anoa. I know for a lot of people, all they remember is how it ended for him after punching the bench. But don't forget how incredible he was before that moment happened. Uh, you can tell me, oh, well, he was two pitch guy. Well, now he's had an entire offseason to work on just being a starter. So let's actually see how his third and fourth pitches have come along before we just start writing him off and saying he's not going to be that good again. Um, Kyle Muller with another season under his belt to maybe get the the command and control questions maybe erased a little bit. Uh, Tucker Davidson with an offseason to get healthy and get to work as a starting pitcher as well. Kyle Wright coming off of that World Series game, see if he can actually be consistent for a little bit. The Braves have some options there. Would they like to get a veteran? I Of course they would. Uh, I think there's there's plenty of ways to go about that. Just find one of these teams that's looking to sell off, like the Reds. Um, I don't know if they'd want to trade Tyler Malley, but you could probably get them to move on Luis Castillo for sure. Um, that would probably be another fairly expensive trade. Uh, outside of that, I'm sure there are more teams out there who would, who would be looking to kind of trade off a little bit. I, I was hoping kind of hoping that they would get Frankie Matas from Oakland too, but that would have been a crazy deal. Maybe Alex revisits with Oakland since they're in full teardown mode. Maybe you revisit that. I don't know. Um, but there's, there's, there's a number of ways to attack pitching. I think the Braves do have the depth to where they could, they could be pretty good on that. You still don't know what's going to happen with Mike Soroka. Um, ideally he's coming back by summertime. So that would be when you'd start seeing him come back. Same for Kirby Yates would be coming around after the deadline, which helps your bullpen out immeasurably. Uh, there, there's, there's quite a few ways to attack that. But the, the biggest priority right now is center field. Uh, at this point, I think Austin Meadows would be my main guy. Maybe you just go all out for offense and you go and sign Michael Conforto as well. And you just let Duval play center field all year um, until you can see if you have anybody step up or if there's anybody available at the trade deadline is not available right now. Don't know. But uh, there, there's... I'm excited to see how Alex is going to put this together. All, I, all I'm getting from this right now with Matt Olson in this signing is, is that Alex really is uh, – he, he's somebody that you probably should not question anymore in terms of, of 
a GM. Now, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm sure at points I'll question him again. Uh, doesn't <laughs> I'll probably be wrong, but uh, I'm a very uh, I'm a very passionate baseball fan, so I'm sure there, there's going to be more points where I uh, where I where I question him. But after this move. Uh, with a with a night to sleep on it, I, I I'm not ever gonna be mad at Freddie. Let me just say that now. There's nothing the 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 amount of takes I'm seeing where well, if Freddie wanted to be a brave, he would have just taken the offer. Uh, those are stupid and ridiculous, and you're expecting a guy to uh, not do the best thing for his career. That's ridiculous. Nobody in their right mind would say, "Oh no, I think I'm happy with this job here. I don't want that. I don't want that big gigantic pay raise. I just, I just want to make the money I'm making now." Nobody, nobody would actually do that. And if you, and if you would, you're probably not the smartest in the world. Um, no offense, but um, it it just did not work out. And I'm still gonna root for Freddie wherever he goes. What I said yesterday still stands. But I said, I said yesterday, in order for this to be a a big time signing and to be the correct trade you really had to extend him you had to make sure that this wasn't a mark to share 2.0 and boy did alex do that and to get him for eight years in less than i would have less than it would cost to uh extend to sign freddie that's basically unheard of that's that's that right in and of itself is basically magic i don't know how that managed to happen i don't know if it was just telling Olson that cool, we'll buy out the last two years of your ARP here and give you a nice fat raise as well. Uh, but you also have <laughs> you also have a club option for 2030. Uh, so there there's no downsides to this deal. This it, it it's still like I said yesterday. It hurts to lose Freddie Freeman, but the Braves are better today than they were when they won the World Series last year. And that's. Ultimately, that is that is all a GM should be thinking about. Uh, as fans, we get more attached to players, and GMs get attached too. If you have any doubt, look at Alex Anthopoulos. Look at watch the video when Alex was having to uh, to talk about the Matt Olson trade and, and and ending the Freddie Freeman era. He was clearly choked up about it. Um, but when you're the GM of a team, that's what you have to do. Your your responsibility is to the team, not necessarily to the individual players on the team. So, um. It's a hard decision that you have to make. That's the part about baseball that can really bite you in the keister, and that's why uh, a lot of people have been saying that this offseason was really going to be Alex's toughest offseason as a GM because it's not that often that you have a a franchise player, the face of your franchise for a decade, um, thereabout, you know, about seven, eight years, the face of your franchise for about seven or eight years come up as a free agent. Now, it worked out unequivocally for the Braves. Uh, now that you're going to have Matt Olson for eight years, you're gonna be able, we're going to be able to look back in nine years' time and compare the two of these guys nearly identically and see how they stack up. Uh, I think that this is, this is an excellent addition, not just because Matt Olson is a really good player, but because he's also the type of guy, nobody's Freddie in the locker room, but Matt Olson you guys will come to find out very quickly is about as close as you're going to find to Freddie Freeman. He is an excellent, excellent. He's a, just a fantastic person. Um, and, and Atlanta is really going to love Matt Olson. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Oakland A's fans, not, not exactly happy about seeing Matt Olson leave. Um, I'm excited to see what I'm excited to see how it shakes out. I want to see how the rest of the roster unfolds. Uh, who knows? By the time this episode gets posted, maybe we'll have some more crazy moves to talk about. Uh, I was going to split this up into two segments like normal, but obviously these are extenuating circumstances with um, having to commiserate with Freddie being gone. And I just want to say best of luck to Freddie wherever he goes. But I really, really, really hope he goes to the Blue Jays. Uh, just I, I, I don't want to see Freddie in pinstripes or in Dodger blue. 
that is the only thing that I don't want to see. Not necessarily because it means it'll be harder to beat those teams, but because I just don't want to see Freddie Freeman, the champion of, of the rebuilding Braves, the champion of the little guy Braves, to go and put on the uniforms of the evil empire. Uh, I would love to see him go to Toronto or the Angels, either one of those places. Um, but best of luck wherever he goes. I hope he continues to have an excellent career. And yes, the Braves should absolutely retire the number five. Freddie deserves it. Freddie is a Hall of Fame. I think Freddie's a Hall of Fame player anyway. I think he's kind of on the same level as Dale Murphy right now, which we'll see what happens in the next six years or so until he decides to call it a career. But I think Freddie Freeman is a Hall of Fame first baseman. He's certainly an Atlanta Braves Hall of Famer. Uh, and I think that... You should reward him uh, by retiring his number five. Matt Olson, by the way, uh, if you're looking to buy a, a Matt Olson jersey soon, will be number 28. And uh, I think we're going to have a shot to replace one Hall of Fame first baseman with another. I think that that is something that's very rare to do. It is exceedingly rare to lose uh, a top three player at their position in baseball and actually upgrade. It is very, very rare. So kudos to Alex Anthopoulos for making the move. Uh, and, and for having the stones to do it, because if I'm just being honest, if I were the GM, I would have signed Freddie. I would have given him extra money to to kind of reward him for what he'd been through for Atlanta. And it would have been the wrong move. Now that the extension is done, I can say that it would have been the wrong move. Um, having Matt Olson cheaper for longer through younger years than Freddie Freeman. That's a better addition to the ball club than Freddie Freeman. Sentimentality is a thing for sure. Uh, I, Freddie the person and, and the Atlanta fan of me wishes that Freddie could could retire here forever. Um, but as far as as being in control of the team itself, this is this is a positive. This is a this is a net positive move. And I've been one of these for years that have said only only thing I ask is to upgrade the team. I'm a you know, I'm a fan of the name on the front, not the name on the back. I just want to see the Braves do well. And, well, Alex Anthopoulos put that to the test for all of us, and uh, I think he came out ahead. We'll see what happens this year, but I think the Braves are in an excellent position. Go figure out center field. Maybe add another starting pitcher somewhere. There's, I think, I think you're going to have to attack it through trades. I don't, I, don't, I don't think the free agent market has the pieces that the Braves in particular are looking for, but I've been wrong before. Uh, I think you've got to be a, fairly aggressive through trades, and we'll kind of see what happens. But I would almost look for them to be kind of – quieter deals now that you got the gigantic Matt Olson deal I don't know that they're necessarily going to jump for uh anything crazy I think if they make another big time signing it'll be Conforto or Story um trade wise though the the world is Alex Anthopoulos oyster and we're all just sitting around one waiting to see what's next but for now it's a hell of a start for for the Atlanta Braves this offseason uh thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll be back again on Thursday hopefully with some even more breaking news thank you guys for tuning in it's been the 643 podcast That's all, folks. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.